You're listening to the Inner Process Podcast with your hosts, Mike Bond and Jason Van Ruler. We're seasoned counselors and friends, and each episode we discuss topics that help us live all around healthier lives. Listen in as we share personal stories, research, and our experiences as therapists. Thank you for joining us. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So as you know, Jason and I really believe that there is no such thing as mental health that's separate from our overall health. So we thought it would be really good to have a guest that could help talk about how all the health systems of our bodies are interrelated and how they really feed each other. And so today we're going to be talking about gut health and how that impacts our mental health. And so to help us do that, we're joined by Natalie Kazarian. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist in California, and she sees individuals and couples and families. She does great work out there. She does trauma work, family systems work. She does EMDR. If you'd like to know more about her, you can go to her website. That's nataliekazarianmft.com. She's got a lot of great stuff there. One thing I will say as we start the podcast is that unfortunately I had some audio trouble with my part of the podcast. So hopefully you'll be able just to kind of listen past that and hear all the great stuff that we have to share. Thanks. Well, thank you guys, as always, for listening to this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that maybe I don't think gets as much airtime as it should get. So those of us in the kind of quote-unquote mental health field, we know that we work on the psychology behind what goes on for people in their everyday lives. But one of the things that I know the three of us really believe, and that is this holistic idea of health. So we'll take the mental health part out of it, and we'll just talk about it from a health perspective. And so today we're going to be talking about that with respect to our gut health, right? So we're going to look at this categorically a little bit more from the physiological part than sometimes we do. But it's really important because as our whole health is a whole system, and we know that that's true, there's lots and lots of science behind that. I think we're remiss if we don't talk about then the way some of the physical parts of our health system interacts with what we would more classically, I think, probably define as mental health. And so I'm super excited about this because I believe in this stuff. I've I've seen clients get so much healthier when they address this part. And I just know even in my own life, this has been true. And so we're going to look at that. Today, we're talking about gut health. And with the more recent research around the gut, what's so interesting to me is that they call the gut the second brain. And the reason they do that is because there are 100 million neurons in your gut. Now, there are 100 billion in your brain. So they're still, you know, pretty different. But at the same time, you have more neurons in your gut than anywhere else other than your brain, which is fascinating to me, right? So when we talk about these gut impressions and I'm just going to go with my gut, what we're really saying, and now we have the science to back up is, you know what? Yeah, the gut really very much interacts with the brain and all the other systems, of course, to influence not only behavior, but also mood. So we're going to get into that today. And to help us with that, Natalie's going to share her expertise with us, which I'm really thankful for. Natalie, thank you for joining us. So good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So let's just dive into this. There's a lot that we could say about this in this episode. We classically know that the gut is involved, of course, in all things digestion related. And so that's a big thing, of course, that the gut does. But can you tell us a little bit about other things that the gut's responsible for, other things that it influences in our bodies and the system and overall health? 
Yes. So it's very hard to talk about the gut and the brain connection without first understanding the nervous system a little bit. So as we know, the gut is obviously like in your stomach or your belly area, your brain is up in your head. And so how are these two things talking to each other? And the answer to that is called the nervous system, or very specifically, this one particular nerve called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is actually, it means the wandering nerve. And it's this nerve that goes all over your body and communicates with a lot of different parts. And so when we think about the nervous system, we have to understand that there are two parts to it. The first is the sympathetic. And then the second is the parasympathetic. The sympathetic nervous system is what gets us into, and I'm sure many of you have heard of the fight or flight response, which is basically, it's your survival response. It makes sure that when a line was running at you way back in the prehistoric days that you could run out of the way and not think too much about it, but get yourself safe. The parasympathetic is also known as the rest and digest part of our nervous system. And this is what helps our bodies calm down, feel regulated. And it's something that we have to learn how to actively go between these two parts of our nervous system in a, what I would call an intentional way, because without intention or mindfulness around this, we are pretty much just slaves to them. Now, the nervous system is very, very helpful for us, right? Because it kicks on and it helps us stay alive or survive. But what happens is after a trauma or after a very stressful situation, you might think you've calmed down or you think you've processed through something, but what's really happening is there are still communications going from the brain to the gut through the vagus nerve that is telling you you're still not safe. So just to kind of summarize, the nervous system is there to help detect threat or safety. And the way that we feel we can digest and feel calm is through the parasympathetic, which enables our body to digest and create a biodiversity in our gut which in essence helps us feel good because it's linked to mental health. It helps us digest our food. It helps us with good poops, all that stuff, right? This is all connected. Important so, stuff. Yeah, important stuff like that. So I think what's important to say here, as you're talking about that, the thing that kind of strikes me, which I thought is just so interesting, talking about the impact of the gut and our mood 90% of the serotonin in our body is produced in our gut and 50% of the dopamine. And so for those who are listening, who may not know about serotonin or too much about it and dopamine, they're critical hormones for a lot of our functioning, but those two are very critical in how we experience the world and how happy we are, kind of what levels of peacefulness we feel. And so you're talking about the way through the nervous system that there's the traveling back and forth. And I think we know that with depression and anxiety and such that sometimes those are serotonin and dopamine issues. And so it's just so interesting to me that those two in particular are produced in such quantities in our gut. And one of the things as you were talking about, I thought is that bi-directional idea of the gut and the brain going back and forth and sharing information. But the way that works is that 90% of what the gut produces goes up to the brain, right? So this is a lot of influence the gut has in all the other systems in the body, but particularly the brain. So I appreciate you kind of really showing us and telling us about how that system works, especially through the vagus nerve. And then, you know, what I would underscore is the things that the gut produces utilizes that whole system. And there's a lot of information traveling back and forth, back and forth in our bodies. Right. And we also have to remember that the variables that impact our brain and our gut are varied, right? They're biological. 
they're psychological, they're environmental. So you might say, well, I eat all the vegetables. I take my probiotics. Like, why am I still having gut issues or why am I still depressed or anxious? And it's because of this bi-directional communication that's going on. Something is off. And I think Mm -hmm. that it can feel really mysterious for people and honestly quite scary if you don't understand this because you don't know why. You don't understand Mm -hmm. why and the amount of influence that the gut has on the brain and of course, overall mood. There are four main components of digestion that I would like to just jump into so people can kind of have that knowledge. Yeah. The four main components are chemical, mechanical, emotional, and gut microbiome. So chemical, what does that mean? Those are kind of like the secretions or the juices that are in your gut that help you break down the food. The mechanical, you're chewing the saliva in your mouth, breaking food up, but even before you eat it, you know, you don't eat an entire steak, you cut it up. And that helps with the digestion process. Mm-hmm. And of course, emotional, when you're in a regulated state and you're not stressed out, it's much better and much healthier for your body to digest and break down food. So I always recommend to clients that I work with, sit at a table, eat a meal, tech free, don't be distracted by things. This all is contributing to how you're digesting your food and I think also just digesting your environment. We consume so many things, not just food. And it's all Mm -hmm. a part of that digestion that we do as humans. This is kind of the holistic approach that you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah, I like that. And finally, the gut microbiome, which is making sure you have biodiversity in your gut, which is making sure basically there's like all sorts of types of bacteria that can help you because we want a really diverse and rich environment in there. What's really interesting, I read a study one time about that and they said, Whenever you travel to a new place, so a place that is not your typical haunts, right? So you go to a different part of the country or even your own state, that that introduces, of course, it makes sense, right? But it introduces new bacteria to your gut. And so it's really healthy to move around and move about and have those new experiences, experience different air, different bacteria, all of that. And that contributes to a healthier gut, like you're talking about, which I think is so interesting, that idea of the microbiome. Absolutely. One time, this quick story, I was at a training and we did a meditative eating exercise. Eating exercise. Yeah. And you just sit and you're just really mindful and you chew slowly and you don't rush your food down like we do in America so much, you know, in 30 seconds, try to eat your entire meal and then move on to the next thing. And it was a fascinatingly peaceful experience. And to your point about how all the systems interrelate with each other, you know, I thought as I was doing it, I just felt Palmer, number one, I wasn't so frenetic in the way I was eating, but I think chewing more slowly, giving my digestive system just time to digest. And the mindful part of that was really interesting. And I, and I felt through the whole meal more peaceful and afterwards more peaceful than I normally do. It's just something so simple just to slow the process down. So I appreciate you sharing that because I had that experience and it was really good. Yeah. And I think it's helpful maybe if anybody listening right now would like to try a mindful eating exercise. Basically, one that is kind of in all of the the psychology books is take five minutes or 10 minutes of your time and put one raisin in your mouth and let it sit there for five minutes. Try not to chew it. Try to just, you know, move it around, feel all of the ridges and the, the divots and slowly chew and digest and swallow, you know, all of that one raisin in about five or 10 minutes. And that will show you just, I think the contrast of how Mm -hmm. fast we are usually going through our meals 
and how we really can slow down. And it doesn't take all that much except the intention to do so. That's a great exercise. That We actually did that even before the meal exercise. And it is, number one, harder than you think it would be to do that. But it is a really meditative experience. It's it's just so fascinating to me that something so simple like that can also then calm our body down. So I appreciate that tool because I think what we do want to do today in, in talking about all this is is obviously to provide tools. Like how can we help ourselves with all this information as we're going through? So I really appreciate that. So Natalie, is this something that most people are familiar with? Or do you find that when you start to talk about this stuff, most people they haven't really considered it before or it's unknown to them. Yeah, actually what I find is that people come into my office for anxiety or depression or something. And in my intake form or my intake paperwork, the paperwork that they signed beforehand, I always ask, do you have any gut issues? Have you ever been diagnosed with something called irritable bowel syndrome? Do you have Crohn's disease? Do you have a lot of allergies to food or autoimmune diseases, right? Because these things are all intricately connected to your mental health. And so oftentimes people don't realize like, oh yeah, I was diagnosed with IBS when I was 15. Now they're 30. And they're like, I had no idea that that was a part of this. Why do you need to know this? It can make people uncomfortable, but like, you know, how many times a week are you using the restroom? Like weird things. I just ask them that anyway. I don't even have a basis for asking that. From the gut health, he just, (laughs) yeah. yeah. It's a fun conversation with kids, honestly, but with, with adults or even people who are clearly older than I am, they're like, why are you asking me this? But, and then it's such a beautiful opportunity though, to explain this very intricate system. And something that I always say, and I even just posted this on my Instagram today, but mental health is just health. You cannot separate your brain and your mind and your head from the rest of your body. It's just not possible. Right. And I think we've probably all had that experience where we maybe see a client or work with somebody who's really unhealthy in a number of areas of their life, and they're complaining about depression or anxiety. And obviously that's connected, right? They might not see that, but part of our job is to kind of help them see how that all works together. And I think that's kind of what you're doing today is showing us that it's just not anxiety or depression. It's related in a lot of ways to what we eat and how our gut is and what the health of that is. Yeah. And our stress levels are impacting your nervous system, which is impacting all of the nerves in your body, which like we spoke about earlier, impacts your vagus nerve, which is communicate like everything. So even if you're like, why, you know, I got stuck in traffic. This is back when we could drive somewhere. I used to live in LA and, you know, getting stuck on the 405 was a daily occurrence, but you don't realize that moments like that impact the way that your body is detecting threat in the environment. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it can seem like, well, this is just daily life in LA but you don't realize that the long-term impact and the compounded impact of that has a tremendous influence over your mental health, your gut, the way that you feel about yourself, the amount of time you're spending, right? Like it all integrates into how you're spending your time. It so does. Can you say anything more about how gut health or maybe the lack of it just shows up in our lives? So we know that, you know, maybe increase, like people feel more anxious, I think greater levels of depression. Are there any other ways at least that you see that playing out in people's lives that they might be able to recognize in their kind of everyday life. Oh, you know what? Maybe this is at least in part related to my gut health. So in addition to anxiety and depression, the other main mental health issue is trauma. And I work a lot with trauma and helping people heal trauma. Trauma is stored in your body. Trauma is essentially 
any event that pushes the nervous system outside of its ability to regulate. Trauma can be when you're five years old and you're in a class and you're feeling socially isolated. That can be trauma. Trauma can be getting in a car accident. Trauma can obviously be coming back from war, you know, things like that. Anytime you are no longer able to realistically cope in the moment, that's outside of your nervous system's ability to regulate itself. Mm. Now, this doesn't always lead to like long-term lasting trauma, although sometimes it does. You know, not everybody gets a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, but there are a lot of things that you can look for in your body. You know, if you're holding tension, if you always have stomach aches, if you notice that you have an inflamed belly, that can be part of your gut. It's telling you something is wrong. And then, of course, things like overthinking, self-doubt low confidence. I mean, people don't know that these things are all connected to your gut health because they are maybe part of a trauma or they're part of your anxiety. Again, you cannot just like cut off at the neck and say, oh, everything below the neck is one thing and everything above Mm -hmm. the neck is another. These things are related. Yeah, that's so well said. It's just, it is such an elaborate system, our bodies. And we tend, unfortunately, I think like we're saying to separate and make things as separate entities. In reality, it is, it is very much a system of interplay. And I think it's so, so helpful to hear you talk about the way the system interacts with itself and then what that leads to. So can you tell us, we're hearing all this, and so an obvious place I think to go next is how can we have a healthier gut, right? Like what can we do to impact that? So can you share with us some ways that we can do that? and maybe ways you found helpful with clients or yourself? Yeah, certainly. So again, because we're looking at kind of a biopsychosocial model, biological, psychological, and environmental model of how all of these things impact us, we're going to talk about a little bit of the dietary things that you can do differently, some of the environmental things that you can do differently, the emotional things that you can do differently. So speaking strictly from like a a nutrition perspective, and I just want to say, I am not a registered dietitian. These are things that, you know, are easily Googleable. (laughs) I recommend that you do so yourself. I like that. (laughs) Great word. Or bingable, whatever you want. Reduce your alcohol and sugar intake. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Get enough fiber. Make sure you're getting enough sunshine. You know, there's a vitamin D deficiency in this country. Mm. And it is huge, especially in places like South Dakota or Minnesota. That hurts, Um, but it's true. That hurts, but it's true. So you're really going right to my pain points. You're like, no alcohol, no sugar, no sugar, no sun. It's just, yep. You're talking to me. I get it. It's received. We know your gut health's bad, so that's okay. Apparently. Apparently. I know. I'm sorry to tell you, but you know, you guys can always come to the sunshine state if you want. That's true. That's That's true. Taking a probiotic or a prebiotic, foods like yogurt, are really, really wonderful for your gut. They have all sorts of really hard to say bacteria that are good for that biodiversity that we were talking about. Moving on to kind of the environmental stuff, digitally detoxing is so Mm. important. And I know the irony of listening to this podcast and hearing this through technology probably and hearing say, hey, you know, you need to kind of take a little bit of a break from tech, whether that just be social media or just once a week, you put your phone away for several hours. I always, and I know this is easier said than done, but I always help clients create a new nighttime routine. Don't put your phone next to your bed. If you're one of the people who comes up with the excuse, well, like, how am I going to wake up? You know, before phones, there were alarms. You can buy one of those for like- still make them. I think so. No, they don't. They don't. Mm -hmm. don't You can get them for free somewhere, I'm sure. (laughs) 
listening to calming music. Again, we're talking about regulating the nervous system here. So things that bring you down, not bring you up. They bring you into that rest and digest or that parasympathetic place. Deep breathing, very important. Our breath is the life force. So we have to make sure that we're taking deep intentional breaths. A small thing that you can do is put a timer on for three minutes and just breathe. I think sometimes meditation gets kind of a bad rap, especially when it's become really mainstream. I don't know if you guys have experienced that in your practice. Yeah. I like becomes- to really weird people out with it. Cause you say meditation and it just means something different to everybody. But I find a lot of people have like a really negative connotation around it. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell them I'm going to go get the robes and the candles and we're going to meditate. And then I just watch their eyes get huge and they're very weird. Yeah. And then the exorcism will be right after. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But it's really not that, is it? I mean, it's like you said, it's just making intentional time and space to breathe and to be present. And it's like two or three minutes. I mean, these things really don't take up that much time when you put intention behind it. And this is my favorite. I love this one cultivating meaningful connections with people. You know, we can't get all into the technicality, but there is something called co-regulation. And that is when my nervous system and your nervous system start to interact with each other. And this type of social dynamic occurs all the time. Mm -hmm. And so if you're around people who constantly stress you out, it is not good for your poop. It's just not good for your gut. It's bad for you. So I highly recommend finding people, whether it be, you know, friends or family, or there are also awesome forums and online groups that you can join Mm -hmm. meet people who are like-minded as you, because that really helps regulate the nervous system. That mirror neuron thing is real, people. It's very real. Have you guys talked about mirror neurons before on your podcast? We have, not on the podcast. That might be in some upcoming episode, yeah. But it is a very interesting, very real thing. And we just know experientially, like you're saying, when you're around people who have kind of that calmness and peacefulness, it very much helps regulate your own system. Exactly. Some other ways to heal, getting enough sleep, good quality sleep Mm -hmm. is important. And rocking back and forth, you know, there's a reason why we hold babies and we move them side to side. We're all human. It all helps getting massages, if that's something that that your life affords you, simply putting your hands on, you know, the sides of your foreheads where your pressure points are. I know you guys can't see me, but right between my eyes and my ears right there, you can just kind of put some pressure, help yourself. And again, you can Google where the pressure points on your body and you can do tapping or just massage on yourself. It's wonderful. All of these techniques, though, what they're telling us is to calm down. And Mm. so the takeaway I think is Your nervous system is responsible for everything in your body and the way it communicates between your brain and your gut is very important. And the largest protective factor is stress management. That's it. Mm. That would be like the huge takeaway. If you take one thing from this, it's stress management impacts your gut and your brain and everything. Mm. That's brilliant. And you're a tremendous resource. One thing I just have to ask as we kind of get close to closing here is what started you down this path for yourself? Yeah. So I was diagnosed with IBS when I was 14 years old, 15 years old, and it was truly a mystery. Like I didn't understand why. And through my own journey and my own healing, I've realized how my emotional health impacts me physically. And it's been such a beautiful journey for me, although it has been hard at times. And I want to help people understand that this is important and that you're not alone in this, that if you're wondering like, why you always have stomach aches or why you wake up with headaches or things, you know, this isn't just like something completely separate from what we've just talked about. All of these things are connected. 
Sometimes you have to be your own advocate though. And I'm always grateful and thankful for all the doctors and holistic healers I have visited, but you know you best. You are your own expert. So if something feels off to you and you're not feeling heard, advocate for yourself. If that means insisting upon a test or getting yourself into therapy, which obviously I could not preach that enough. <laughs> Go get therapy. We're all Everybody biased. get there. Yeah. It'll just help you create fill in the blanks so that the narrative in your mind isn't. I have stomach aches and I'm depressed. And those are two separate things because they're not. Well, this is so helpful. And I'm certain Mm -hmm. that you've helped people. You've actually helped me really have a deeper understanding of this too. And so we will link to all your stuff so people can find you online and and get more of this help because I know you're posting great stuff. And so from myself and Mike, want to thank you for being on today and sharing your knowledge with us. It's been really valuable and fun to have you on. So thank you. Well, thank you both so much. It's been really helpful for me to kind of put all this into words too. So I appreciate you giving me the platform and I love all the work both of you are doing as well. Thank you for this podcast. Mike and I would also like to ask that if you've been enjoying the podcast, could you share it with a friend? We've loved getting all the feedback and comments thus far. Thanks.